Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This is episode 100, which I, um, I'm pretty rapt to have got to. Uh, when I started this podcast, I wasn't sure how it was going to go or how long it was going to stick around for or anything like that. But um, yeah, I'm really happy to have uh, done 100 episodes, interviewed some amazing people and um, learned a lot along the way. Um, I feel this podcast has really uh, shaped my life creatively through uh, what I've learned through speaking to so many uh, amazingly creative people and I've also uh, gained the confidence to go out and um, you know create my own art career because as I, when I started this I was just um, working as a graphic designer and uh, I was hoping to learn from uh, from artists uh, maybe some tricks and tips to help get me along my way but um, yeah I could never have imagined how much I've, I've learned and how far my uh, career has gone from uh, implementing what I've learned from doing this podcast. But I didn't start this podcast just for, for myself. I started it so I could um, help educate the uh, art community as well. Um, it's been great getting a lot of feedback from uh, a lot of you out there who are listening. And um, you know, I hear that you're getting a lot out of the interviews that I'm, uh, I'm conducting with these, these great artists. There's been a few of you out there that have said that you've um, you know, really stepped up your game and others have said you've given up your job to, uh, to pursue your art career. And you know, it's a real honor to, uh, to know that I've sort of helped you along the way. Whether this is your first episode or uh, you've listened to all 100 so far, uh, I just want to thank you for, um, you know, for being there and, uh, and listening to the podcast and tuning in because uh, it really means a lot to me seeing the, the numbers grow. Um, and just to know that people out there are, are getting a lot out of it. Today's guest is uh, Los Angeles-based artist Michael Reader. Uh, you might know him on Instagram as Reader One. Uh, he's a really good artist. I had a great chat with him, and um, yeah, like look him up online. His art's amazing, and I I think that you'll um, you'll get a lot out of this conversation. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for taking the time to have a chat. Definitely. You seem like a busy man. It's uh, it's good yeah, to carve yeah. out some time. Oh, uh, no problem, but uh, yeah, definitely a little busy lately, so uh, glad I could uh, make it happen. Yeah, cool. So um, I don't know a great deal about you. Like I, only, um, like, I know your art quite well from what I've seen online, but um, you know, I don't know much beyond the images, if you know what I mean, so I'm looking forward to uh, having a chat and finding out a bit more about you. Cool. So, so um, like you're originally from Dallas, but you've lived in New York, and now you're living in LA. Has, it, has have all those moves been due to you know, building an art career? Uh, for the most part, I would say so, um, in some aspect or another, um, yeah, started out in Dallas, um, and then I eventually moved to, uh, New York for school, um, art school, uh, school of visual arts. Um, and then after that, I moved back to Dallas cause New York's freaking expensive. And, uh, you know, I actually wanted the art thing to happen. So, you know, uh, yeah, so then after that, I was there for a bit, worked at a mural company for a while. Um, that was rad. Um, picked up some really great skills there. Um, it, was a, it was a pretty cool um, experience to pick up some different uh, skill sets right after art school. You know, I thought I was like, you know, a big shot coming from like New York art school. And then all of a sudden I go to this like legit old school mural company and, and 
learn more stuff you know uh adding into the bag of tricks so yeah cool so with um with art school like i don't a lot of the people i speak to on this podcast haven't been to art school so did like did you feel like you learned a lot through going to art school uh absolutely um it, it, it's an interesting thing looking back on it um because you're learning the personal perspectives of being an artist via other artists so uh ironically enough i feel like i spent the remaining or the the five or ten years afterwards like trying to work through all these opinions of other artists and try and find my own you know um, but, you know, in terms of learning materials and mediums and different ways of being an artist, uh, definitely a uh, really strong and interesting way to, uh, you know, pick up those little little uh, bits of information from, from people that you probably would have never been able to find or maybe it's taken you another 15 years to discover on your own. You know, they're just kind of handing you these golden nuggets of info. Um you know, it's interesting too, like looking back on it, because at the time, a lot of the stuff you don't really grasp totally, you know, completely what the what the instructor's getting at. You know, uh, for some reason, it might have stuck or hung around, and and then later on, like you know, years later, all of a sudden it just clicks, and you're like, oh wow, okay, all right, that makes sense. I can use that. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a, a great learning experience. Um, a hundred percent not cheap yeah. <laughs> not cheap but value for money if you uh, end up making a career out of it right yeah uh I'm, I'm you know pleased to say things are looking a little bit more positive than they were immediately after school you know that was a little scary it's like uh i'm just another fish in the big old pond over here no, you know difficult to get you know the attention and, and get uh you know, galleries and, and collectors and everybody to take you seriously because, you know, how are they supposed to take you seriously? How, you know, so it's very tricky. Yeah. And so did you find also because you were learning in a group environment that um, and everyone was being taught the same tricks, were, were, was there a style that was, a you know, part of a, a collective style that was happening within the um, same class? Uh, I don't know that there was a collective style. Um yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I see what you're getting at, but honestly, I think that, like, our class is, you know, pretty diverse. Um, and that was, you know, I actually, you know, uh, back to your other question, you know, in terms of, like, learning from art school, like, my most of the stuff that I, I, I use now and some of the larger um, bits of knowledge I gained from uh, art school came from my peers and experiencing things alongside them and seeing it and experiencing it, you know, uh, as 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 a as an onlooker or a spectator or you know a, a member of the same class, you know, just seeing it happen. Um, uh, but I would say though that there was a little bit more focus on painting that was a little underdone, and that actually seems to be gaining some popularity right now, actually. Um, I don't fit that at all, I don't think. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely uh, picking up in, in a gallery movement right now, I would say. Um, so, yeah. And what, what do you mean by underdone? Um, just, uh, you know, abstract work um, that 
you know, is definitely highlighting and, and uh, appreciating uh, minimal marks um, and languages, um, you know, surface and, and space and whatnot. You know, it's, uh, you know, a specific kind of look and, and, and aesthetic. So you mentioned you, uh, you went on and worked for a mural company. Like, what, what sort of work was that? Was that um, like assisting other artists or was it commercial murals or like what were you it was doing? Com- it was it was commercial based. Um, I signed on specifically uh, with zero experience apart from you know doing graffiti and and some street art stuff when I was in high school and college. So um, you know I was just trying to find a job and I found out they had an opening and and so I just you know just I don't know just thought that I'd give it a whirl and see if they give me a chance. You know even though I had zero mural experience, so. Um, uh, they had a big job and they needed all the help they could get. So they were like, well, this guy knows how to like, you know, at least hold a freaking brush. So, uh, let's give him a shot. Um, and so, I mean, on that, on that specific job, um, uh, it lasted like two and a half years for just that job. It was a huge, huge job, uh, external or I'm not external, but exterior, uh, murals, uh, using potassium silicate. Um, which was a product I didn't even know existed. Um, so that was immediately cool. Um, I literally was painting with that yesterday in my studio. So again, picking up, you know, new uh, bits of you know, mediums and materials from, you know, any way I could. So like I was ecstatic to find out that there was a, a completely different paint product that didn't didn't even know existed. So, um, but yeah, you know, they, they were a custom Euro company. So like they would get, you know, uh, commercial um, gigs, but it would be like full on, you know, their designs and, and whatnot. Um, so like I was just assisting them. It was two owners. Um, they had illustration and scenic backdrop style painting experience. Uh, so they started their own company like in the mid nineties and, uh, they're doing like huge ex, ex, uh, exterior murals, like 12 story murals with like brushes and mixed latex paint, like pretty wild stuff so i was re- really really stoked to be able to join with those guys and 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 uh pick up some some uh knowledge from them yeah how uh, what was that paint that you mentioned potassium, uh, potassium silicate um it's a mineral based paint um the brand is kaim k-e-i-m it's a german product um and it's specifically designed to uh sort of act like uh fresco in a way where like it penetrates the surface of a porous surface and becomes this the the substrate you know it's not like a layer on top mm-hmm. you know a paint layer on top and it's beautiful because it's mineral based um the palette is really soft and um it's really gorgeous actually nice one um so you have a like a good design aesthetic to your art like like have you also worked as a graphic designer at all um, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I didn't uh, take any classes for, you know, graphic design or anything. It's all mostly uh, just self-taught stuff. Um, I've always had like a nice or, or I don't know, nice, but, you know, a strong uh, design style and, and uh, aesthetic. So I guess I just like lent to that a little bit naturally. Um I did start school as an illustration major, uh, and my style was always pretty graphic. So 
I think I just built on top of that, you know, once I learned like Photoshop and Illustrator and whatnot, like, you know, random, you know, jobs, you know, from like my, my parents, friends looking for a logo or something, you know, just jumping on it and, and, and trying to teach myself along the way. But, um, you know, it's definitely carried over into my, my paintings, uh, you know, obviously quite a bit. Um, and that's just to try and utilize like the, the flat graphic nature of it um, so that it juxtaposes the realistic realism that I'm painting as well. You know, it's like nice mashup of spaces. Like you also have a great color selection. Like do you put a lot of thought into your color selection? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, color is extremely important with my work. Um, and I, I don't know that, that I'm, I'm putting a lot of specific thought or preliminary thought into the palette beforehand, really. Um, I just really play with the color in the way that they're all responding to one another, um, you know, both in the sketch stage and also obviously in the actual, you know, process of painting, um, the way, you know, the way that it's translating in real life versus the sketch is, you know, very much like a big part of what I do and, you know, being open to like making adjustments, um, based on the way that it's reading in real life, um, and the way that the two colors or five colors or whatever are sitting next to each other, you know, I might be presented with, you know, a concept or an idea like midway through and, you know, being able to catch that and, and make some tweaks and be able to push one a little bit more, uh, chromatic and the other one a little bit more subdued in value, you know, and then they read weird and they vibrate. Um, you know, it's definitely the, you know, what I like to play with like a whole lot. Um, that way in person too, like, you know, you can really kind of captivate the viewer a little bit more, you know, these digital versions on Instagram and whatnot really are not doing my, my work that much justice. Let me tell you. Yeah. It's a real catch 22, isn't it? Um, like where yeah. most people get to see you, you work just on a, on a screen of a phone and it's just, I know it just doesn't do it justice, you know? It really doesn't. I mean, there's a particular, uh, specific red that I like to use and, uh, it is extremely difficult to, to capture, um, especially with like just a general iPhone or something, you know, but even if I'm not taking a photograph of the piece with like some surrounding wall for like the camera to register, like if I do that and I crop it in and I start making adjustments on the photograph to try and get everything to read, like that red just goes straight to blood red. And I'm like, that's not what it is. It's extremely tricky. Yeah. Um, so the photographs, they, they definitely, you know, every now and then I can get it pretty close. But let me tell you, it's not the, the best rendition of, of my stuff. Yeah. As I always say, like there's nothing beats seeing art in the flesh. Oh, totally. Especially like, my most recent stuff the past like year year and a half or so everything's gone more dimensional so like you know you got a 2d uh photograph of my stuff it's like you're looking at it literally straight on you're not seeing any of the actual literal cutout depth and spatial play that i'm messing with you don't see any of it unless i like shoot a video or something you know yeah. uh, it. <laughs> but yeah exactly i do that sometimes but you know at the same time you know if i have a show or something and and you know, people get to see the, the, the works in person, you know, it's a little bit uh, more rewarding for those folks that make the trip out, you know, so that's cool. I'm stoked about that for sure. Mm. 
Yeah, one thing I really like about your paintings is um, that you bring together a lot of different um, like techniques and styles into one each piece. Like, it looks like they're a lot of fun to paint for you because it's not like you're just filling the whole thing with one one idea. You're like you're mixing up right. the ideas as well. Um, but di- because you've got all those different styles that you bring together, did you sort of develop the styles individually and then start um, mixing them with each other? Or is this how you, your paintings have just naturally evolved this way? Um, I think that the way that I've kind of landed on my general style that like embodies this sort of mashup of styles um, comes from learning all of the the different ones individually, like over time, you know, Um, you know, going to school for illustration, uh, learning fine art, you know, abstract expressionist style painting, uh, doing, you know, dabbling with uh, graphic design and you know, learning some of the tricks with the mural guys. Um, and then finally, instead of, I, I reached a point where I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to paint, like what, what is, what's my focus going to be for, you know, my personal paintings. And then I was just like, instead of trying to separate them and focus on one or pick one or keep them separate, like I just decided to mash them all up, like, you know, with my graffiti and street art and like everything, like try to like take what, you know, little general aspect of each one that allows it to read that way and as an individual thing and try to bring them together and find that harmony, um, which is then what kind of led into what my paintings are loosely about. Um, and that's identity and how we're all made up of all these different things of, you know, backgrounds and, uh, you know, experiences and, and whatnot. So it definitely like seemed to come together pretty well. Um, and, you know, it's pretty open, too, so I get to, you know, really keep pushing it forward. You know, if I if I stumble onto, like, a new technique or something, like, I'll try to bring that into the next one and, and develop it more, mm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you bring in, like, the fades with the spray paint and all that type of stuff as well. Like, right. yeah, there's just so many cool elements in there. I really like it. You know, I, I definitely try to bring in some of the, like, uh, you know, spray paint, you know, fades and, and actual, like, you know, three four color like gradient blends you know wet blends of you know actual like acrylic paint or oil paint or something you know like that's definitely something that i learned with the mural guys as well you know because they they didn't do spray paint it was it was all you know brush and latex so like learning how to use like a three inch four inch or like even like a you know 10 inch slugger brush and like you know wet blend you know five colors together before it all started to dry you know like i try to use that because you know, those, as opposed to like, say, spray paint, where like you're layering these colors that are already sort of pre-figured out, you know, you're, you're able to like get all these intermediate colors to like mash up with your blend. And it's a little bit more beautiful in a way, like, you know, like it definitely, it feels a bit more complete and full. So like, I definitely try to do that. You know, a lot of people like, will look at my, you know, viewers will look at my work and be like, man, that's a rad, like, you know, you know spray paint fade in the back and it's like actually that's you know brushed and they're like what <laughs> so yeah you know i definitely try to bring that in yeah no wonder it took the mural guys a year to get a mural done <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously you know we we'd spend like a a month or two on like a mural that particular project was so it took so long because there was seven exterior murals that were like four stories tall Wow. using that potassium silicate which you actually can't blend with it doesn't stay active and wet it starts to dry almost immediately so like we had to take on like a 
or they, I'm just following their lead, but they had to take on a more like uh, vectorized style of like layering graphic style, you know? So like all of the blends were just like line work. Mm. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Icon Studios is their name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas, oh. Texas. I'll Google them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll see these walls, you know. Hey, yeah, you gotta check yeah. it out on, on their website. You see me on the on the front page painting and stuff. Oh, yeah, cool. they got yeah. a rad portfolio. Yeah, with um, like as you were saying before, you were um, you know, you developed all your styles individually and then you know, um, started to bring them together. Like your the style you've got now is like very um strong and identifiable as you you know like so with with all your sort of previous works as you were finding yourself, have you kept a lot of them off the net now? Like, because, um, or do you look back at them and go, Oh gee, it just doesn't look like me or you can just see bits of it. Yeah. I definitely don't share a lot of those. Uh, but every now and then I'll I'll try and dig up like a, an old throwback and maybe some people could, you know, take some, or get some or appreciate it in some sort of respect, you know, like, Oh wow. I can see where, you know, where some of those little ideas of the archway is like actually worked its way right into what he's doing now, you know? Um, but in terms of like the, the, the general style, I mean, like I say, like I studied under some pretty serious abstract expressionist artists. Um, so I was way into that for, you know, a few years in school and it carried into my own private work after I graduated. Um, so, you know, it, I really feel like with that specifically, even though like I wasn't, you know, I took all these courses in, you know, uh, you know, live painting and, you know, uh, portrait painting and the whole thing and, you know, all these different old school techniques. Um, and I really felt like I, I, I learned how to actually paint and use the paint whenever I removed the actual image or like the, the literal identifiable, you know, uh, representational uh, image I should say and like just let the paint be and like I really learned more from it by doing that and like I was able to take what I learned from that and then years later bring it right back into the image and utilize that and I think that that's right back in what you were asking before you know instead of trying to find a way to bring it into what I'm doing like it's just another part of what I'm doing like you know I'm literally working on a piece right now that has concrete in it. Why? I, you know, I don't know really why. I mean, other than I just dig it. Um, the surface, you know, there's really nothing like it, you know. So, uh, you know, my, my work's definitely always been focused in surface 100%. You know, if you strip away the image and the subject matter and the technique and all that, like, you know, painting it as raw as form is a surface, you know, it could be thin, it can be, you know, really textural, like, you know, it's a surface. So, like, I, you know, that's another thing, you know, you see my stuff in person, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, like, it's tactile, it's real, like, you know, it's not like this illusionistic space, like, it looked like, is it printed? Like, you know, that's not what I'm going for. Um, so, you know, definitely, uh, I think I probably went off on, like, a pretty mean tangent there, but, you know, yeah, I dig surface. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, uh, with the, um, like, you have some, like, really tight pattern work as well, like, mixed in through yeah. the artwork. Is, do you screen print some of that, or, like, how, or do you just... No, no hand, screen or? printing. Um, uh, a lot of it 
is, uh, you know, some of it is painted by hand for sure. Um, especially if I'm trying to go for like a hand done, you know, feel. Um, but most of it is, uh, like cut, you know, vinyl masking. Um, and either that'll be hand cut, which typically it is, but if it's really intricate, like say a half tone pattern, I'll just use, um, a, a vinyl cutter um and weed out you know a million dots mm -hmm. and then have a a nice stencil and and uh use that yeah, yeah. makes sense yeah there's a few people yeah, doing that yeah. these days i've seen it's it's good it's a good effect well i think you know the vinyl is definitely uh it's got like a, a range of of benefits you know now there's a lot of different products of of the vinyl versions of tack and opacity and you know, you can, you know, you can get in a two foot wide, three foot wide roll by like however many yards you can purchase, you know? So like, it's much more affordable to you. Um, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure I could utilize the screen print as well, but sometimes I want to use spray paint. So I want to just create a stencil so I can spray it, mm. you know, as, a, as you know, if I want to use like a fluorescent color, like I, I really want to use spray paint cause it can lay it down pretty heavy. Um, as opposed to like a screen. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Montana Gold's Fire Red. That's like my my go-to fluorescent color. So, yeah. Um, I've noticed as well. I've seen other people use the um, you know, the, like the contact paper, like the adhesive vinyl, and then cut it by hand. But for some reason, mm -hmm. like you get a nice sharp effect, but you can always see the blade marks. You know what I mean on the uh -huh. finished piece, and it's just a bit like oh, you can see, especially in the corners. You know. Right, so right. Um, yeah, I do see the uh, the yeah, vinyl the cutter can definitely having a vinyl cutter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm, my work's probably guilty of a little bit of the of the knife marks. Um, and you know, also even with the vinyl cutter, you know, if you're got a stencil and you lay it down, you're laying paint on top. Depending on how thick that layer is, it's going to have that edge on it, which I'm particularly not a fan of. Like, I don't really like that buildup of an edge. Um, so that's where screen printing would probably be nice. But if the surface is super textured, you know, you're going to have some trouble regardless. So, um, it's funny we're having this conversation about cleanliness cause I'm the messiest painter ever, you know, <laughs> dude, my studio is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I know you look at my work and you're like, what, well, you know, there's some pretty clean areas, but let me tell you my studio, <laughs> pretty messy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> So with the um with the like the the people you feature in your paintings, do you use models for them or do you just make up the faces and everything as you go? Yeah, I I I try to utilize like a multitude of of different stock photos that I found so that I can sort of create someone that doesn't really exist. Um, I do think that I'm going to start moving towards photographing a little bit more, but still using the same sort of technique. Where uh, as opposed to like, you know, shooting a figure or, you know, a portrait and just running with one of the, my favorite of the bunch that I took, like taking a few and maybe a different person and trying to fuse them and kind of create someone that doesn't exist, you know, only exist on the, the, the picture plane. Yeah. Um, and that's how that, that main character dude came to be uh, that, that you see frequently in my stuff. You know, it was like. It was like old, like vintage photograph of some 
artist dude. I can't even remember his name. You know, he wasn't like anything big. Um, I have a, God, I can't. I always forget his name, but um, it took like a weird photo, like super stoic photo, like that was taken of him. Um, and then like I mashed it up with like you know a portrait of like like one of the presidents or something. You know, it was more so like the way that the light was falling on the two faces, and I was able to find the shapes of the light and the shadows. And then like that's just kind of where my technique and general style of painting sort of started to gravitate towards in terms of how to paint the, the figure or the, the portrait rather. Mm. So it's, it's not of anybody specific. And that's really like, I, I'm a big fan of that personally, just because, you know, we're building this whole world of, of, uh, you know, whatever, you know, this like fantasy world of like a figure that doesn't exist. And like, I don't know what's going on in there. Like, you know, the, the viewer can walk up to the to the painting and, and have a perspective on it and this looks like my my cousin joe or whatever and like it totally can be his cousin i don't care you know i'm not trying to push off like a specific meaning or um i'm not trying to fill my my paintings with you know a, a range of symbology that you need to decode like that's not at all what my work's about it's more so to present you know uh you know, some, yeah, a little bit of, of content for the viewer to, you know, be creative and, and add to it, make it even more than it actually is, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I really like that you don't um, sort of name, you know, say that this is that person or something. Because, I, like, I have the same thing with my art because I do a lot of character-based art. Like, I'll right. do a whole wall, like, full of, like, these wooden heads and they're all different mm -hmm. and people will say, oh, so who's this person and what's that? And and I, I don't name them, I just number them. And so what that allows me to do now is people will walk in and go, that reminds me of my Uncle Bob, you know, and they'll <laughs> exactly. buy it. Whereas if I said, no, that guy's name's Carlos and he's from Spain or something like that, they'll be like, oh, well, that's got nothing to do with Uncle Bob. I'm not going to buy it now. Totally. So that 100%. way they, they can create their own story because they're the ones that are going to own it. So yeah. let, let them yeah, yeah, yeah. create the story. All I've done is um, created an image for them to use their imagination with. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of that, that style of creating art. You know, if, if we're sitting here making stuff that's specifically of someone or something or a specific message, like it can only go as far as that, you know, that person that it's about or whatever, you know, like I don't want my work to be stunted. You know, I want it to be able to like be whatever, you know, just mm. It's just a lot more fun, in my opinion. You know, I, I definitely agree. There was one painting uh, to show uh, last September, um, and the buyer who bought it at the show, you know, I got to meet him, and he explained to me that um, he walked in and saw it, and it reminded him of something that his his dad did or his grandfather did, and like he immediately had to buy it. I'm like, you know, if my work wasn't open like that in terms of the imagery and what's happening, like, I don't know that he would have been able to, you know, interject his experience in life and make it that. Like, I obviously don't know what he's talking about. So for it to be able to be that for him is amazing. You know, like what he was telling me about some story about, you know, his 
dad or someone like pulling a tooth or something like it was awesome as much better than what it is about for me you know yeah i love just being in the studio just painting whatever you want to paint and then selling it as as opposed to someone contacting you saying i want you to do this painting for me and Uh, you know it's the worst (laughs) the worst i don't know any artist that likes doing commissions (laughs) uh it's tough man you know i've been really fortunate that you know uh some most of the the commissions that i've done you know everybody's been very sort of open and allowing me to do what i want to you know and not really what i want to do a hundred percent but like they usually are pretty open you know Mm -hmm. they're not too you know directive but um yeah it's still tough you know because no matter how open it is there's always something else that you would rather be doing kind of you know like checking out or investigating on your you know personal level so yeah it's tough commissions are tough man because then there's that added like layer of like they've already put a deposit down or whatever however you go about it and they're waiting for it and you know they've got this certain expectation of what it's going to be and how cool it's going to be and you're like crap (laughs) please be good because there's no guarantee you know it's especially when you're just like making stuff you know with your own hands you know it's it's tough you know you run into problems you know and so yeah yeah um one of the things i really like about your artwork there's many things as you can tell from this conversation but um <laughs> i really like how you uh you'll paint some a lot of heavy detail but then you'll um balance it out with some really um like a really bold flat shape of color you know like the how you've almost masked off the the faces and things like that Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you find it takes a lot of confidence to um to do that to a piece? You know, because you can easily think that you need to really fill the whole surface with, you know, heavy detail, I guess, to make right. it seem more valuable to the, the buyer. But, um, I know, I really like the confidence that comes from going, no, this is just going to be one color with a couple of dots and that's it. Yeah, yeah, it is very, very uh, challenging to find that balance to, you know, uh, to where it feels complete, you know, that. That where the where the final piece feels done. Um, whenever you're only putting in like a portion of a face that's rendered, and that's it. You know, one of my most recent ones, it was like the only thing rendered was a cigarette, and everything else was like abstract space. You know, flat graphic space or like a surface hit, and then the silhouette of a head. That was it. There wasn't, you know, you know, you go back to like 2016 and some of the the stuff early 2017 and it's like like a lot of rendered areas you know uh, a lot of oil painting um so now it's like it's moving into like really challenging myself to like open up that space where like you know i can activate and and play with that juxtaposition and not have to have i get or i can i can have even less amount of realism you know i'm i'm even you know i shouldn't say it but i'm i'm feeling like potentially where this stuff could lead my work could lead is the full flip like instead of all the 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 figures being filled with uh information and you know the rendered parts like the hand and the face like the background be the rendered stuff like a scene of some sort potentially and the interior of the figure being full-on graphic you know and seeing what that inversion leads to you know and uh who knows it could look like crap <laughs> you never know 
Hey, you experiment. Just don't do it for a commission. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, you've been doing these like uh, really great, like uh, multi-layered wooden cutout pieces as well. Like where did the inspiration right. to start working with wood come from? I've always really been drawn to, uh, you know, building with my hands, If even if it's like a coffee table or, you know, whatever. Like I've always, you know, this actually like sort of brings up a whole another perspective that like I'm kind of, I always talk about with like fellow painters and other artists is that like, you know, I identify more as like an artist than just a painter, you know, and I think that's kind of like where, you know, the concrete finding its way into my work can maybe come from. Um, although I'm working mainly 2D, it's like starting to go 3D. Who knows? Like, you know, in another, you know, year or two, maybe I'm like a full on, you know, sculptor. Who knows? You know, uh, I mean, I really like painting 2D. I like that space being trapped. I, you know, I really enjoy that. So I'm not saying I'm going to be that, you know, a uh, uh, sculptor one day, but, you know, like I definitely am a well rounded individual and you know artists in terms of like using my hands you know like I, I i love building stuff you know like if it's not working on a car or a bicycle or you know whatever like i just love that aspect of getting involved with it so i mean that was a natural thing for me when, when my paintings were you know literally just flat 2d and the imagery started to develop where i was pushing this you know background space was cropping out this figure this portrait it seemed like the natural next step would be to literally push that background color forward, that take that space and like cut it out and float it literally in front of the figure. Um, which the moment I did that, it opened the door for all kinds of stuff. I was like, okay, now I can really, it's like, I literally opened like three doors of like, you know, potential paths the moment I decided to do that. Yeah. Uh, That's the beauty of being an artist. So you don't have to, um, you can do whatever you want. And I think the more creative you get, the the stronger artist you become, you know, as you know, right. from having all these different techniques and skills behind you, you know, it makes you a Absolutely. stronger artist as, as opposed to having just one skill and one style. Yeah. And, you know, I know that a lot of other fellow artists like struggle and, and feel a little hesitant to step out from what they're known for um, or what they've kind of built their name on. Uh, and, that's like the scariest thing for me. Like I, I know that like I've got a few things that are, you know, very repetitive in my work, but I see it more as like language than a repetitive image really, you know, like who knows you may, you know, whatever we're referring to may never work its way into one of my pieces again. You know, I don't know. It's just, these are like things that I think with and speak with in terms of the space, um, and that when I'm trying to build like a, an image, you know, a lot of them actually are more like crutches in a way. Um, you know, I like I lean on trying to find a uh, a way to bring the composition around or get this thing to finalize and, and feel complete. Kind of like what you're asking about before. You know, there's a lot of different things going on. How do I bring all this together and feel harmonious? It is not easy. You know, especially you know some of my recent stuff with the collage style you know uh, wood samples and whatnot like you know it's like freaking every color under the sun in the figure you know it's like how do i get this to feel cool like and not just like this vomit of color yeah you know, definitely tricky yeah definitely so um 
like your career seems to be growing at a really rapid rate from what I've been seeing anyway. Um, like, do you have any secrets to your success? Oh man. I don't know if I have any secrets, man. I just, I work all the time and I try to take on all of them as well. You know, the, any gig that comes my way, I try to take it on. And that's probably not the best thing. Actually, <laughs> I have like zero life outside of the studio. Um, I, you know, I, I honestly don't know, man. Uh, I, you know, definitely trying to focus on learning how to get my fine art gallery stuff to feel like it can go and translate onto products and go cross platform like that. Cause you know, I, I enjoy working with brands. I haven't done it a lot. Um, but you know, it's a lot of fun working with the creative team if it's a good team. Um, and making a big project together based on my work and my style. That's, you know, I, I know it's not everybody's dream, but when I was a kid, if you would have told me that, that I'd be able to do that now, like, I'd be like, that's freaking crazy. That's amazing. Oh my God. You know, like that's, you know, we got some big money backing a project to create some weird projects or, or products of, of your work. Like that's amazing. So, you know, learning how to, do that i think is opening the door for other potential work and being versatile um in terms of what i'm willing to do and you know i'll i'll go paint a mural i'm about to head to montreal in a, a few weeks to paint at the mural festival there um you know so it puts my stuff out there on that level too on a public level um uh, you know literally street level you know i don't have a lot of public murals because i i really am like focused in my my studio practice quite a bit so um you know it's hard to peel me away to go paint a mural for 10 days or 15 days or whatever the festival would be you know so yeah yeah because I, I noticed you just done the um project with specialized the bike company um right like i know it's, it's funny because it's it's quite I, I saw that you were doing that and i've been contacted by two brands recently to do work with them Nice. And it's like, I know I'm, it's it's this sort of game playing in my head of like, oh, they want to put my art in, and then with their logo next to it. Yeah. It's like, I know, like I'm laying in bed at night thinking about it, going, is this the right idea? Like, Oh, I was right I there with it? you. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. So how, how did you feel about all that? And like, um, I definitely was, I, I was, de you know, I'm always concerned with the way that my stuff's going to be represented, you know, because when you're working with like a creative team, the team can be awesome and it could be like horrible, literally like you, like they might have all the skills and, you know, in, in the world, but if they don't have good taste, they're about to take your stuff and just like kill it, you know? And they, that's a scary thing to entrust in a, a group of people that you don't really know. Um, so, you know, regardless if it's like a big brand company, you know, like their team or whoever's running this particular project might really suck. So like, you know, it's really scary. Um, and then, you know, then the whole thing, you know, I, you know, I did, I was very much a part of like the skate and street culture scene when I was growing up, you know? So like, you know, counterculture for sure is like, you know, I'm rooted in that a hundred percent. So, you know, dealing with working with big brands and multi-billion dollar brands is, you know, a little, uh, it definitely can rub me wrong a little bit, you know, in terms of what, you know, I stand for personally, but, you know, 
being willing and open to work with these teams and brands uh, is what's allowing my work to reach a broader audience. So I'm trying to look at it in the, you know, the, on the positive side, not trying to be like, you know, F the man, you know, all this stuff, you know, like I, I don't have time for that negativity. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, just definitely looking for the positive sides of everything. Yeah, I'm I'm positive about it. Like I'm like luckily for me, like the brands that have contacted me are, are brands that I like. You know, right. So that's that's a plus. Yeah, but I then, was stoked when Specialized hit me up. I was like, this is, yeah, rad. I want to mm, work on this. You know. Mm. But the thing that got me is like because I'm trying, I'm doing a quote like as soon as I get off the phone to you for like a sunglasses company that want to use my characters. Oh, tight, and all tight. That. And it's like, all right, cool. Like I actually own like two pairs of their sunglasses already, so like, I'm nice. down with the brand and all that. But but then they want to want me to paint a billboard, but then use like. But then they said, and our logo has to be in there, and that's the part mm-hmm. that's getting me. It's like, yeah. look, I'll paint the billboard, and if you give me creative freedom, I'll do whatever I want. But I sort of like have a price for without the logo and a price for with the logo. Were you like, right. were you like that? Were you like going, all right, considering you're going to have my art and your logo in the same space, like that comes at a cost. Do you think like that at all? Or? Um. I mean, if I if I've already committed to collaborating with a brand, I feel like I've already kind of given into that a little bit. I, I like your perspective, and I think that depending on the job, you know, you know, there was a recent one. I won't say it was a uh, a shoe company, like big shoe company. Uh, it was a few months ago, and they contacted me for like a last minute mural, and I was like, yeah, totally. You know, it was like inside of this, you know store they just wanted like my mural dude my, my street art dude and i'm like yeah i can bang that out quick and the dollars they were talking about i was like absolutely like <laughs> this is good pay right here you know i can knock that out in like four days no problem and then they needed the logo in it it was like after everything had been worked out it's like now the logo needs to get dropped in i'm like wait up there there was never any discussion of a logo before hold on like the contracting agreement and everything needs to like stop right now. We got to work this out, um, and we ended up, you know, not agreeing on a, a certain level, and it didn't happen. So, you know, I see what you're saying, but with the bigger project, you know, like you're collaborating with the sunglass mural that, or I'm sorry, the sunglass company. Um, it's pretty awesome, you know. Like I mean, you know, it's just kind of part of it, you know. It, it's I feel like it's a little bit bigger than just the one job of the one mural with the with the logo, you know, added in somewhere, you know, like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, like say with Specialized, uh, they didn't ever really ask me to do that with the mural that I painted for them. Um, but if they would have, I totally would have, you know, I, I would I don't think I would have had much of an issue. I think at a certain point, like I've, I'm already all in, like, you know, as long as it's not stupid and gimmicky, I'm down. Yeah. You know, um, and again, their team was amazing. So, you know, okay. I can't say n- enough about that group. Actually, they're really rad. Yeah. It was such a big project. I didn't know what half I was doing. Seriously, those products and the, the templates, I was just like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? Yeah, no, it came out looking great. Thanks, man. Thanks for the advice. I think you've cleared some stuff up in my head. <laughs> uh, well, I hope so. I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is. There's so many different ways to go about it, man. Mm. Um, you know, I definitely sometimes lie, lie awake late at night, like 
all these different scenarios and different ways of going about it and just it's like never coming to a resolution and waking up and you're still just like really really i gotta get this quote over <laughs> like, mm. it's ridiculous i'm just like a one man you know band over here you know i need like two assistants like the workload is getting very real you know i'll find myself like just doing emails until like 3 p.m and i'm like i need to start painting like like now now (laughs) it's tough does it take you a long time to get each painting done man they don't happen very fast they really they really don't and unfortunately they're starting to take a little bit longer it seems like with the more dimensional stuff um uh, like the two larger works in my last show, they were pretty heavy. So like I needed to make sure that, you know, there weren't, you know, the buyer wasn't going to buy the piece and hang it over their couch. And then like a piece of wood fall on their three-year-old or something, you know, I'm not trying to deal with that. I don't want that email. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so is the, you know, the, the structural, um, you know, preliminary, uh, work is definitely becoming a little bit more involved um, and that's where the assistant needs to come in i think you know where i'm doing everything 100 percent. every now and then i'll call in a little bit of help from my girlfriend who's like amazing and always down to help but you know it's starting to get to the point where you know i need some more consistent work so trying to figure that out it's not cheap though yeah. los angeles isn't cheap so <laughs> i'm just trying to make ends meet over here yeah but I think if you if you out, if you can um, get more output, it can justify the assistant. Totally, yeah. it's just a matter of jumping out and making that leap of faith and just doing it, you know. Um, so you know, I, it's on the horizon, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. LA seems to be like the um, like one of the art hubs of the world. Is that what is that what drew you to move there? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually in Taos, New Mexico, uh, for eight months roughly before moving here i tried to i tried to go the other route instead of living in a big city like you know new york or dallas or whatever you know tried to do you know remove myself from the hustle and bustle and you know find uh some more affordable living um had like a two-story house for like 950 a month man like the whole upper floor was mine and my girlfriend's studio it was amazing um and like now like i'm paying like almost crap like double that just for my studio easy so it's like yeah it's it's definitely a jump but like there's a lot more happening here for sure on that note um a lot more awesome exhibitions um um there's a lot more uh you know gigs going you know they're offered up to locals here in los angeles there wasn't anything happening in the mountains in new mexico man like like there was like the local you know whatever gallery that had like nothing going on and i was mailing everything out and like getting stuck with whenever the bad weather would come i didn't know if ups was gonna pick up or what you know so i was like we got to get out of here so that's what what ended up happening you know we just packed up and ran for LA and you know it's been a, a good decision man I think so for sure yeah. not cheap but definitely the better decision I think yeah you gotta do it sometimes don't you? yeah you know just gotta again leap of faith and just try and believe in what you're doing everything was moving well you know I, that right before I left Taos was the first time I showed in Miami and I did really well so I just went with that confidence boost and 
you know, literally it's just been, been flying by the seat of my pants, man. Like it's been crazy. It's like sold out like the last three shows or something like that. Like it's pretty, pretty bananas. Like I can't even really believe like a lot of this is happening to be honest. I mean, I'm not, my work isn't really expensive. I'm really trying to remain pretty humble on that level, but still like so many people like just killing me for a piece or something, you know, like I want a commission. I'm like, dude, I'm full. I'm literally right now working on a painting that was commissioned a year and like three months ago. And I'm fighting to get it done before I go to freaking Montreal. It's crazy. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> I remember um, when I first chucked in my job to uh, become a full-time artist, I spent, I think the, it was like the first six to eight months of uh, Say so I sent I spent in front of the computer going shit I got to generate some money here I got to get something going exactly you know exactly just trying to get yeah. something something happening and I felt yeah you know, I, I hardly ever painted that year like I did yeah. a few murals and stuff but as far as work yeah. in the studio I did hardly anything because I was just trying to w make something happen you know yeah exactly trying to like get your work that you've already done in front of people so mm. they know that you exist and. You know, I, I know 100%. I don't know how many times I've redid my website or something like that. Like, you know, just, you know, we're like, I graduated in 2007 and like, you know, like the recession hit and dude, it was like, man, I was making like $0 an hour almost. <laughs> like, you know, I had like student loans. I was just like, you know, not looking good in terms of being a full-time artist, like for many years, you know, so. I'm, you know, I was sharing all that, you know, positive stuff about, you know, being really busy, you know, in the most humble way, because, you know, I, I'm really, you know, shocked and surprised, you know, that this is actually, it's actually reached this point where like, I can't meet the demand. It's pretty insane. Like, and it's, it's exciting. It's scary. It's really weird. <laughs> it's like, wow, people really want my stuff in their home or collection. You know, like I literally can't get past that part. Yeah, well, it sounds to Pretty. me, it sounds to me like you can justify getting an assistant. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just like, I don't know, just trying to get get a little bit more ahead with the funds, I guess. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more cushion, because I, you know, I don't want to find an assistant and then get their hopes up and be like, well, that check's coming a little late, buddy. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still pretty fresh in this whole thing, man. Like, you know, I've been making art my entire life, but, you know, in terms of being a full-time artist, like, I think I'm, I think I just hit the three-year mark. And, uh, you know, so I'm still figuring all this out, man. Like, in terms of solo shows, how to schedule this and that, how long it takes me to make pieces, you know, like, how do I float the boat while I'm waiting for the next show while I'm waiting to get paid after the show came down net 30 net 45 <laughs> like it's tough man yeah. so you've exhibited a lot uh throughout the states like are you looking to um show more of your work in, uh internationally oh absolutely absolutely um I've, I've got some galleries uh lined up uh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to work it into my schedule um, cause I already have like pretty much my solo schedule locked in through 2019, but, um, 
you know, definitely know I'm going to be showing in the UK for sure. There's a lot of galleries um, wanting to get my work over there. I've shown in, you know, Australia, you know, a lot of group shows, but in terms of the big shows like that, I'm trying to, trying to get my schedule worked out to accommodate that. So, yeah. Cool. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, um, do you have any like, uh, future projects and plans in the go apart from the shows you just mentioned? Uh, yeah. Um, at the end of June, uh, well, after the mural festival, Montreal, I'll be, I'll have a uh, piece installed at the Long Beach Museum of Art at the end of June for the Vitality and Verve um, exhibition, which is going to be really rad. So, I'm, you know, I think this is like the third or fourth one. I can't really remember, but, um, you know, they've always been super amazing. You know, the artists that they have included. So, like, I'm just stoked to be a part of that lineup. Um, so, yeah, you know, that and, you know, the, the specialized bike thing is, you know, it it just started so you know there'll be races you know throughout the the world i'm not sure exactly where i think it's going to be the next one in london maybe not sure so i'm hoping to get out there to see that it'd be rad um i know i got like a a few shows lined up towards the end of the year so cool busy busy yep yeah so if people want to uh check out your art online where's the best place for them to to look uh my website's probably the best source. Um, it's at michael-reader.com. Um, and obviously on, you know, Instagram at reader one, uh, probably the best way to stay up to date with what I'm getting into Instagram. Cool. As with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Man, that's what helped kick my career off a hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I tell that to everybody, man. Yeah. I think it's it's a great medium, and yeah, uh, no one can deny it, especially for artists, you know. Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's something uh, a platform that I was able to build and create and and put out there, you know, and people and get in front of many people to stumble onto, you know, like get made that an opportunity for galleries to find my stuff. Like, you know, this wasn't an option before; it was all old school. Like, I got to get my stuff put on a CD. I'm going to like just mail it to a gallery or go like cold walk in to a gallery with my portfolio. Like it's not a good look. They don't want to deal with that. No. Um, so like even now with like the feed, like, you know, they can, you know, a gallery stumbles onto my stuff or sees an image and they go to my feed, they can scroll down and see what all I've been working on and, you know, what else I'm capable of, you know, or like the, the, you know, the whole, you know, line of work that I've been building for the past four years or whatever, you know, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's, uh, Thank you, man. man. I appreciate it. Man, great insight. Great insight. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I love your art, man. Like, keep it up. It's, Thank you, it's, man. Like, Likewise, oh, dude. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. I uh, can't wait to see the, the sunglass uh, collaboration. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen now, now that I've spoken to you. So thanks. Nice, man. <laughs> nice, dude. Hell yeah. Cool. All right, dude.